All right. Hello and welcome to the family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator and founder of not only just a live TV, but our sponsor today, which is the Women Supporting Women Can Network. That network is all about women supporting each other in whatever role we are in. We have multiple different categories that we discuss and we teach on including but not limited to motherhood so make sure that you join the group link in the description and if you want to connect with either myself or my guest speaker today you can do so our links are in the description of this video or this episode wherever you were watching and or listening from uh, make sure that you like and follow share the show get involved if you want to comment we are here to answer your questions so i'm gonna hand it over to you gladys would you like to introduce yourself Absolutely. So I'm super elated to be on your show today. So thank you for having me. I'm Gladys Simon. I am a motivation whisperer. I've been called a different world, but most importantly, proudest working mom. Um, so I'm a life coach for working moms, obviously, and helping them to uncover, reconnect with themselves first, because we tend to live and lose ourselves into being chief happiness officers. Uh, so Reconnect with yourself and, and enable and empower you to go and live beautiful big lives on your own terms. So I do that through uh, my life couch, which is my couch coaching practice, where I welcome everyone, not just working mom, but my little preference is working mom. So I'm super happy to be there, as I said earlier. Absolutely. And what, what better platform than talking about working moms, right? Because a lot of us, especially coaches, uh, a lot of us are working moms. A lot of us are working parents, um, not just women. You know, today we're talking specifically about working moms, but, you know, working fathers, even people who aren't there. There's a lot of stuff that we find happens um, during the process of being a parent. So um, let's jump in and start talking about, you know, what it means to be a working mother. So I like to break that down a little bit. So okay. I'm, I'm an identity coach. We talk about reconnecting to yourself. Obviously that's one of my favorite topics. Amazing. Um, when we grow up, um, it doesn't matter what culture we're in. It doesn't matter what generation we're in. Society tells us that, you know, the stereotype is we have to get a husband or, or whatever, right? Let, let's go for the traditional. And, and I say that in quotations because traditional yeah, cool. is crap. Um, let's get into the traditional where it's, okay, we grow up, we have to figure out what we want to do for our career or our business. We get married. The whole plan is to get married, have that white picket fence and the two and a half kids plus the dog and the cat and all of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, when we get married, we're supposed to give all of ourselves to our, our partner. Right. Yeah. And as and as an identity coach, we get lost in that. Right. It's so easy to get lost in that, because instead of being just Melissa, I'm now um, Melissa's mom. wife. Right. Now, I'm now Melissa. I'm now Tom's wife. Right. Yeah. The second part of that, then then the plan is to have kids, whether you choose to have kids or not to have kids. Totally your choice. Not a problem there. But if you do choose to have kids, then, of course, you become. Now I'm Nick's mom and I'm Bella's mom and I'm Haley's mom and I have four kids. So um, I become like this super mom and society tells us that we have to put everything we are. And we talked about this in yesterday's episode too, is we have to put everything that we have 
and we become a martyr. Yesterday's episode, we did mother or martyr. We become a martyr for our children. We become, we give up everything that we want to do. We give up our future. We give up our planning. We give up our dreams. We give up our day-to-day self-care. We give up everything that it means to be an individual as a mother. And that's what society tells us to do. And we have a comment, traditional is best, even if stereotypical. Absolutely. I, I have nothing against traditions. I love traditional. I love cultural. I love all of that. But when it becomes a ding to your self-identity, to your um, self-care, to your self-love, to your self-worth, then that's a whole nother story with traditional, right? I'm talking about the traditional stereotype of you have to do it this way. You have to put your kids first. You have to, it, that's not what, that's not what 2022 is all about, right? We have to put ourselves first and that's not happening as working mothers. And I totally agree with you. And I wanted to go back to a few, a few things that you touch upon. Um, I think as women, we have been kind of conditioned to make everybody else need pass first um, before us when we are, um, you know, children. And depending on the place in the, you know, uh, the childhood, like if you first born, second born, third born, but it's always a conditioning that we go through to say, as women, we, we are carer, we are nurturer. And then this is what I call earlier in the show, the chief happiness officer. We feel responsible to make people happy. Even a stranger on the street uh, can be unhappy. It feels like it's my responsibility to lift them up a little bit, right? And we carry that burden all through our lives. Like it becomes literally a cross that we carry. Um, and then you're right, we, we marry, um, we, we live, our parents' home to go to another person's home. So it could be a husband like you and I. It could be any person. And if we're not careful, we become that person, you know, spouse, partner, whatever we, we want to be there. And then you add the layer of kids. And it's funny, at the, at the school gate, um, I realized almost like a month ago, I don't know, like, first name of half of the parents that my kids <laughs> you know, go to school with. Mm-hmm. I know them as so-and-so mom or this and that dad, right? So it is that identity that we're losing that you were talking about further and further um, becoming the me in the center becomes the wife, the sister, the friend, the the, the mom. But who is Gladys? Yeah. And I think it happened and it's almost like you chip at it every single minute, but you don't realize until it's like almost too late. You are too far gone. What, who am I? Where are my dreams? Where are my aspirations? What did I want to be when I was 10 years old? Um, in case you were wondering, I wanted to be a pilot. I am not a pilot today. I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost reconnecting with you. Mm-hmm. because it get lost in the noise it get lost in the roles and um and i'm not swearing on live stream and live radio here but we make things make look easy even if it's super hard um as parent as caregiver as wife like you the soul of a home you make a house a home um don't ask me why we do this, but if Melissa come, your daughter come and ask you where is the last year 
soccer glove from this, you immediately know which drawer in your house this is. How do you do things like that, right? As a mom, your child cry, you differentiate what cries it for hunger, for boredom, for just by listening to a child cry, you can tell. Bored, happy, hungry. So those are the kind of things that I call superpowers that we develop over the time, but we also have to understand that before all the roles that we play playing in our life, all the hats that we're wearing, we are us. And if we do not take care of putting us first, of recharging and reconnecting, then all those roles get a little bit impacted. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it because it is. Uh, you and I, I, I knew that you and I had exceptionally you know, um, a similar thinking, because that is exactly what it is. We have these roles. Being a mother is one of the most fulfilling, one of the most beautiful roles I have. Yeah. I absolutely love it, but it's not me. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a title. It's, it's a role. You don't have to birth a child to be a mother. You no. don't have to uh, raise a child to be a mother figure. A mother is a role. It's a career. It's, it's a choice that you make. Not always, obviously. We don't always, you know, there's, there's the oopses. But even still, it, it is such a huge part of it. Um, we have another comment. Ironic, no, how the one called a superhuman is almost at the point of losing her own identity. That is absolutely true. And that's yeah. what it is. So today we're talking about working mothers, right? The struggles of working mothers. So Again, we talked, we went over it at the beginning where it was, you know, we, we get married and let's take that out of the equation, but we lose our identity to that, right? Now, whether we get married or not, when we have children, we lose our identity to that. When we find our career, now, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a working mom or an entrepreneur mom, none of that matters. All of those are still roles and responsibilities, right? It's when you're a stay-at-home mom, and I've been a stay-at-home mom. When I was a stay-at-home mom, my God, <laughs> like it's, you're expected to put everything into being a stay-at-home mom. Now you're not just a stay-at-home mom. You are a full-time cook, full-time maid, full-time housekeeper, full-time schooling teacher, all of it, right? And when we're working moms, we still do that, but then you add in the business, you add in the work. If you're an entrepreneur or a nine to fiver, doesn't matter. You're still, no, it's you're, not a layer that you're, you're adding. Out. Yeah. You're adding that in. Now you think about it. Um, how many women do you see or how, okay. So let me backtrack that for a second. Let's imagine that, you know, you're now 50, um, or even, you know, forties, fifties, your kids are grown, right? Cause depending on when you have them, <laughs> your kids are grown. Um, my oldest is 20. He just turned 20, just got his first apartment. Um, so let's say he was my only, he's not, but let's say he was my only, when he leaves the house, it's like, you have that much space in time and who yeah, am I yourself? Yeah. Why are you doing with yourself? Yeah. Who am I? Because over the last 20 years of being his mom, I've been his at his beck and call. I I haven't because I'm I'm not like your typical mother. <laughs> but, um, at that point, you get the the empty nester, right? Where it's like, who am I now? I'm no longer needed 24 seven 
I'm not now putting my myself into this role of being mom. Now it's weekends or it's evenings or it's whenever he decides to come and visit me or, you know, whatever that looks like. <coughs> and that's what causes empty nester is when you put everything of yourself aside to be a parent, you get that empty nester. Now, being a working parent, that's double because then you throw yourself into work right? Because it's either I have to put all of my effort into work, all of my effort into being a, a wife, and all of my effort into being a parent. If I lose any one of those, who am I? How many marriages have you seen fail or, or dissolve once the kids leave home? Right? That's a statistic I would like to know. But I, can I just put in there that yeah. I personally think that working mom the term working mom is redundant yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we're forever doing something I I, I don't know any idle mom uh, out there um, and I'm sure they probably um, exist and they're probably the empty nester that you're talking about um, but yes the working mom is redundant I think what is important in in the message that you, you're spreading is like you know, before being all of those, we are the individual inside of us, right? And and the roles that we are performing in our life shouldn't take away from who we are, from the purpose that we are to, to be in, you know, accomplishing this role. Um, yeah. There are people who feel totally fulfilled to be a mom, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about sometime when you feel like, well, there's more to my life than just being a mom, that's also totally okay. So there's no one answer to be a perfect mom, right? <laughs> or to be a perfect employee. I think a lot of us feel like you can have it all. Um, and, and it means that some days, some of the roles that you play will suffer a little bit more than others, right? I can be a good employee today and, and not such a good mom because I don't spend that much time and vice versa the, the following day. So it would just, you know, equate and balance eventually. You don't have to make sure that it is perfect every day. So sometimes it happens, but don't forget. And I, I had a talk recently about um, mental health and working mom. I think we talked about losing ourselves, reconnecting to ourselves, the roles that we play in, those roles that we, we ought to play, um, and then we we kind of being conditioned, as I was saying at the beginning, to take that. This is the life we know. So thankfully or unfortunately, the pandemic happened and highlighted that double shift that working parents, caregivers are having. And sometimes without complaining because we didn't know better. And now you're stuck at home and you have still those responsibility and there's several survey and data out there that said women quit the workforce because of childcare, right? Kid, women that had kids under 15, under 18, it was impossible for them to do that. And I, I guess the blessing in having those multiple roles, especially before the pandemic, is you could create almost like me different personas one, you know, at home, one at work, and then use the commute time to kind of shift into, morph into one. But when you're working from home now, when you have the pandemic going there, 
when you don't have the support, when you don't have the flexibility, the mental health is on the rise because you're taking a toll on every single thing. You, your health, emotional, physical toll, it's a lot. So one of the good reasons to, to slow down, to question who you are, what you want to be, not when you were 10 year old, and maybe you can go after those 10, 10 year old dreams, but understand that I can't be a good mom if I'm not, if I'm not me. <laughs> I can't be a good employee if I'm not me. I can't be. So it's interconnected. So let's look at the heart. What power all those roles? Let's take care of ourselves. Our yep. mental health will say thank you. Our other roles will say thank you. Because the kids, uh, the employees, they don't remember the struggle, the hard time, the cry, the sleepless night. They remember how you make them feel, aka you were actually very present for them or not. But they also, as role models, like you were saying with your show yesterday, we have to teach our daughters, our kid, our son, how to, to take better care of ourselves. Because slaving for our kids, slaving for our employee, set an unhealthy precedent, in my opinion. Life is not meant to be just lived. <laughs> yep. That's one of the main reasons why I created the Smarter Method, right? So I created the Smarter Method. I've been working on the Smarter Method for many years. But it didn't click until I did an episode um, called Smarter Kids. And so I created the method thinking about kids and what kids need to know. When I first started coaching six years ago, my oldest, who was 13 at the time or just turning 14, was struggling, absolutely struggling with mental health, with emotional health and well-being, was struggling with, you know, his identity and everything else. And during that time, I was doing readings because I'm a psychic intuitive reader um, so I was doing a readings at an expo and I had a few children come up to me and they were about 13, both girls, um, came up to me and within five minutes of the reading, they're bawling. They are absolutely bawling. And I'm like, honey, like, let's talk. Right. And so I was talking to them and it keeps thinking like, I, I, like, again, I have four children. All four of my children are completely different identities they're completely different people they need different things their focus is different right um but looking at them I'm like what do they need to know to be happy healthy human beings what do they need to know what do they need to learn how can I facilitate them learning that and I created the smarter method and the smarter method can be used for I'm, I'm in the process of writing the book for the smarter method now, you can use it for your own. So first and foremost, it's for yourself. Then you can use it for kids. Then you can use it for life. You can use it for a career. You can use it for other uh, seven books coming in that series. Wow. That programs, it's, it's huge. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Um, but with the SMARTER method, what we need to learn is, so it's an acronym. The SMARTER method is an acronym. It doesn't mean you're not smart. It is the smarter method because it's an acronym and it makes you smarter for yourself. So number one is security. Mm -hmm. Security in who you are and what that looks like, right? Then the M, we've got maturity, maturity in your mindset, maturity in, you know, the way that you think, the way that you act, accountability, 
in your actions, responsibility for yourself, trust in yourself, <coughs> embracing your experiences and the readiness to take the chance, you know, and do the things. That's the smarter method. And it goes into a lot greater detail, but that's what I teach people is the smarter method. If we take the smarter method as a mom, right? Because working moms, if we take the smarter method and we use it to reconnect to who we are, because the smarter method is our connection. It is an utter and our utmost connection to who we are. Takes you from A to B and creates an unbreakable connection to yourself. Hmm. When we are connected to who we are, when we know who we are and unconditionally love who we are. I was having a conversation with my best friend of 30 years yesterday. And I said, you know, um, I was telling her about, you know, everything that's going on because we'll go months without talking telling her everything that was going on and she goes wow I'm so proud of you I said you know what knowing where where she was at I said I still have my own though too right I said I love myself unconditionally that doesn't mean I like everything yeah right and teaching your children because society now you've got children being bullied you've got social media putting all this stuff in there and I'm ranting so I apologize but you know when you are a working mom, you need to be showing that example that it is okay to have bad days. It is okay to put yourself first. It is required to put yourself first, finding um, <coughs> a healthy balance between everything. My children know, like we talked before the episode, my daughter is in the room next to me. She has no school today. Um, and right before the show, I said, I'm doing my show. I need you to be quiet. A year ago, that wouldn't be happening. A year ago, she wouldn't, have she wouldn't have respected the fact that I have stuff to do that I need her to be quiet. Wow. Right? I've taught her that. If I'm in a bad mood and I'm feeling, you know, highly emotional, I tell my kids, you know what? I need you to leave me alone. I need a timeout for a little bit. Right? Because if I don't get a timeout for a little bit, I'm going to say or do something that I'm going to regret. Yeah. It's leading by example. Now, working moms, biggest struggle. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still getting over a head cold, so I apologize. Um, working moms, one of the biggest struggles I find is timing. Right? We think that we have to have everything done all the time, every day. We have no time for ourselves. We have no time for a partner. We have no time for, you know, anything other than our kids or our work, you know, as a working mom, let's say you're a nine to fiver, right? <laughs> I'm sure Gladys will agree with this one. You get the kids ready, you send them off to school, you spend nine to five doing work, then you pick your kids up from school, and then it's backpacks and homework and dinner, and then it's cleaning after dinner, and then it's, oh, the you know, my partner wants attention, and then it's doing that, and then by the end of the night, it's like, hey, I've got to do laundry. I've got to prep lunches for the next day. I've got to do this. And what is the number one excuse? And before, before you answer this, Gladys, I am going to ask this, okay? And I'm, I'm actually going to hashtag this in the comments. What okay. is the number one excuse from a working mother? Number one excuse, I'm tired. Yep. I'm tired. I don't have enough time. 
Yeah. Right. There, there are so many different things, but it's a time thing. It's, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time for me. When you ask, cause you work with identity too. When we ask our clients, what do you wish you had more of? And it's time for myself. True. That's a choice. Sad, sad but true. Yeah. And you and I both know it's a choice. <laughs> it's, right? It's a mindset, you know? It's a definitely work on the mindset for sure. I mean, when you say that way, I would have said um, a lot of my moms come to my coaching practice with um, guilt, mm-hmm. the mom's guilt as a number yeah. one. And then the mom guilt can be you know, induced by the time, the fact that we don't have enough time or we're tired or we have other priorities or our priorities are not aligned with, you know, family's priority. Because, you know, it's different, but the mom's girls can come a lot on my conversations as well. Just wanted to put it out there. Um, we're complex creature, moms and women, I guess. Um, but it is... You know, I read something that say, um, it's specifically to motherhood, um, that say motherhood, you know, comes to make us lose ourselves at first. And then the true power of motherhood is to rediscover ourselves, right? Um, It could be different phase. It could be when your kids are a little bit more independent, but I think we gain a lot, deconstruct, what we've been taught to put everybody else need first. Um, I'm, I'm on this table, so I'm raising my hand to say, how many, raise your hand if as a mom, you give food to everybody's first before you eat. <laughs> like, would you even think of eating before your kid and they wait for you? But we do that to ourselves. Would we, um, you know, blow off our friends um, would we tell our kids, you know what, I'm going to eat first and when I'm, once I'm full and I'm really well cared for, then I'll think of you. But we do that to ourselves, right? We do things to ourselves that we wouldn't do to people that we love. So why can't we love ourselves? Mm-hmm. That's basically the question that I'm trying to answer for myself too. <laughs> I'm posting that question. Do you dish out your, raise your hand if you dish out your child's food before your own. Um, I totally do that. (laughs) I dish everybody else's out. But that's the thing. I choose to dish every meal out. I dish my husband's, I dish mine. I dish all of my children, adult or not, because then I know everybody is getting food. Mm -hmm. Right? That is, that's one thing I do is I dish it out because I want to make sure everybody's getting food. Nobody's taking too much. Nobody's not Mm -hmm. getting enough. Everybody's getting what the amount that they can eat. Um, And that's one of the things that I do. Right. But the question is, you do that because you, you look after them. That's your role. This is you. Mm -hmm. Then do you eat first? Do you sit first? Do you, by the time we finish eating, are they still looking around and putting things on the table they actually wait so they'll come to the kitchen grab their plate and they'll ask if they can eat um we've instilled it in our children that they wait for everybody to get to the table before they eat no that's Um, and that's right because that's that's our family time right it is 
that's that's a family time to sit around the dinner table, have discussions. We haven't done it much this year because my husband's eating on the couch, him and his broken ankle. Um, but it is true. Um, so Ghostwood says, can also say another valid excuse is lack of support, attention, help from the partner. The amount of times I met a wife whose husband acted like he is the only one tired is sad. That is another one, right? And I, I brought this up yesterday. Mother or martyr, I brought that up, is how many times, you know, if you have a partner, and I'm going to say this again because I said it yesterday. If you have a partner who works nine to five and you work from home, or even if you don't work from home, having that conversation looks like this. Honey, you know, I know that you've had a long day. I know that you've tired, that you're tired. I am too but I really need your help. Can we do it together? Right? Asking for help. Communication is so important. And yes, it becomes um, that stereotypical, right? Where we think that just because they work away from home, that they're going to be more tired than we are if we work from home, right? Um, my husband comes at, used to do that. I'm, I own six businesses. I work from home. As you can see, this whole room is one big desk. Um, and my husband will come home and he's like, why didn't you do this? And I said, because I got sidetracked because I was doing this. Why didn't you do this? Why aren't you on the kids? Because that's not my focus. I don't need to be on my kids 24 hours a day to get them to do what I expect them to do. If they don't do it, there's consequences. I'm not going to give up my free time being picking up after them all the time, right? How many of us moms follow our toddlers around the house picking up the toys? Yeah, my, I have a video of my youngest daughter. And she was probably a year and a half walking around my kitchen with just a diaper on covered in flour because she decided to take a big, big, one of those big sized uh, oil drums and dump oil all over my kitchen floor and of course we know oil doesn't clean up well so I had to dump like 12 cups of flour on my floor and she's just playing in it and I'm laughing and I'm just like yeah what did you do right it's stuff like that that we go through right and um a couple of the things that I that I mentioned so we're talking about um you know the the struggles that that working moms um experience some of them are the shame, the blame, right? We talked, you, you mentioned mom guilt, but mom guilt. how often do we have, okay, <laughs> we've, we've all seen it, okay? We've all seen it, whether it's been on a TV show or a talk show or just people ranting and raving on, on social media. You're a mom, let's say you're a stay-at-home mom and you go drop your kids off at school. And you got the mean moms to go, oh, there she is. It must be nice to be able to stay at home all day. Right? And I'm just like. Stay at home doesn't mean. Yeah. But it. then you've got the other hand where you go drop your kids off and you're a nine to fiver and the rest of the class is stay at home moms. And it's like, oh, look at her choosing to go to work instead of spending the time at home with her kids. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely the ridiculous. The mom shame and the mom blame that we throw around as women. This is this is why I created the Women Supporting Women Can Network. <clears throat> I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're a mom. I don't care if you're a wife. I don't care 
you know, I don't care where you're at. You deserve to be empowered. That's true. And I, my face was blank because I couldn't understand why as women, we wouldn't support each other more mm -hmm. um, instead of shaming each other. Yes, and those two situations, um, for me, I look at it more as, you know, insecurities that live rent-free in our head, right? Um, and, and the stereotype that we have are probably fueled by those insecurities. Um, I have a lot of respect for stay-at-home mom. They are the fabric of the society. They create a home and they represent home, but it is very much a misconception to think that when you stay at home, uh, you just do nothing. I, I, I think not. Um, well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I, it's a, in the same way, um, choosing to go to work, um, putting your kids in daycare, I, I don't think those are easy decisions most mm -hmm. of the time. Um, but it's also part of reconnecting with yourself. There's more to me than being a mom. Doesn't mean that I don't love my kid. Doesn't mean that I didn't want kid. I just wanted to be something else. And by being who I want to be, who I'm comfortable to be, I would love to think that we're showing our kid um, that they can too. Um, you don't have to be staying trapped in a role um, that society or whoever you give the power to expect you to be. You don't have to be in one box. Um, I think we are, at, you know, at the core, multi-talented. There's loads of potential in each of us and we can be mom and whatever we want. So usually that's what I say, mom and. <laughs> um, so probably where uh, you're tied. Um, and even if you're not a mom and it's a choice, probably work, right? So I think you said it best in 2022, we should be able to be a little bit less, you know, judgmental in people's choice. Uh, as long as they're safe and legal, I have to put that in there. <laughs> so, uh, um, but yes, right? What happened between consenting, consenting adults, um, it's, should be respected. Like we can decide to be traveling mom. I've seen people that take their kid out and go and live off the grid. Um, as long as the child is not harmed and is safe and you know, what, what are we to decide the experience people should get out of their own life? Yeah. And look how many kids, so three things. One, look how many kids are brought up in different, different, uh, households and different cultures and different societies and they all have issues <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter we all have issues right um <coughs> but then you add on um i was thinking about it while you were talking okay and i was thinking about brotherhood and the word brotherhood and the word sisterhood and then you add on motherhood that you know when you hear the word motherhood versus brotherhood when you talk about a brotherhood or a sisterhood right what you think about are all of these people who have a connection to each other who have they they have each other's backs they're you know empowering each other right the the one of the tiers in my in my membership group the women supporting women is called the sisterhood and it's because we're supposed to be there encouraging encouraging each other right so why do we not do that in motherhood 
right? Why are we so quick to judge and so quick to, you know, disparage somebody else? Um, I watched a TikTok where somebody said, if you call your children assholes, then I can't be friends with you. That's a choice. You know, if you call your kids a crotch goblin or whatever it is that you call your kids, my kids can be assholes. Absolutely. They absolutely can. Do I love them unconditionally? For sure. Can they drive me nuts more than anybody in this world? Yes. <laughs> but but I love them, right? It's flaws and all because we're all flawed. We all have things that we don't like and we all have things that, we, that we're not good at. Mm. But unconditional love, right? And I think that if we just started as mothers to bring that unconditional love within ourselves, we have that opportunity. We have that capability. The third thing I wanted to mention was um, stay-at-home moms versus working moms. I think, it, I think you're a working mom no matter what. And I think that whether you, whether you put your child in daycare and you have to work, whether you, you know, put your child in daycare and just stay home, um, whatever that looks like, sometimes that's a choice. Sometimes that's not a choice. You know, when my husband and I were, were living on an acreage in Alberta, it was more expensive for me to go to work than it was for me to stay home. Right. Um, society or not even society, economy, economy, the economy doesn't allow for a lot of people to stay home with their kids. Middle class is not middle, middle class has it worse. I'm not going to middle class is one of the poorest because we, you don't get handouts in middle class, like lower class. And I've been all, I've been both. So don't come at me. I have been on welfare and I have been middle class. And I know that I know the difference. I, I've lived through the difference and, you know, people who are middle-class don't have the capability of, you know, sitting on their sitting and, you know, getting the handouts or having enough money to put their kids through, you know, extracurricular activities. They don't get the subsidies or, you know, anything along those lines. So I think we need to step back and just focus more as, as mothers, I think we need to step back and focus more on our, our own lives than what the other mother across the street is doing as long as they're not abusing or harming their children what does it matter to you that's true mm -hmm. that's true reconnect the, it starts with you it starts inside of you um so yeah reconnect if if anything if there's anything you can take from today's episode do not love yourself do not neglect yourself reconnect with yourself you you inside of you is screaming to go out and be acknowledged loved cared for encouraged supported insert whatever word you you're looking for right now right so you're not just a mom you're a mom and something else <laughs> yeah absolutely i wholeheartedly agree um is there anything <laughs> you both can be called inspiration rhetoric. <laughs> I can't even say that word ghost. <laughs> Rhetoricians, never mind motivation whispers. Um, it, it's that's why I created the show. I wanted people to know one, it's okay to be wherever it is that you're at. Even if you're not in a good place, it's okay. You don't have to stay there. Um, 
<laughs> Thank you for spelling that out for me properly. <laughs> Red tor <-rishin. laughs> I think you got it. I think you got it the first time, even if it wasn't. Spelled. Yeah. Um, we just, you know, that's why I created the show is because why aren't we out there supporting each other? Why aren't we out there just living our best lives for ourselves? Nobody... You know, I, I almost, I, I'm going to do a TikTok later. So if you don't have my TikTok <laughs> and I'm going to do it on my personal TikTok, not, not the show because, oh my goodness, this is going to be a good one. Um, if they aren't providing you with the three F's, then their opinion doesn't matter. And I'm not <laughs> going to tell you what the three F's are. Okay. I, I, I have the same thing, I'm not going to tell you the third one. If they're not doing one of those three, then <laughs> who cares what they have to say it doesn't matter right um unless you find value in what somebody else says and not in a way that makes you feel gross or shamed um any of those but if, if they're not doing three f's you don't you don't, give, you don't give one f back right yeah <laughs> i'm i'm gonna do a tiktok about that so if you're not on my tiktok melissa kretzler if you are not on my tiktok um go and check out my tiktok i'm literally gonna post that today uh, share the shit out of it. <laughs> on the show, I try not to swear as much, but I'm going to swear on my personal. We're, we're just going to go there. Follow me on my personal. Let's accept <laughs> Amazing. And thank you for um, whoever left the comment and spelled it correctly. I I think being called an inspiration, I feel it's still a little bit of imposter syndrome here. I think we all do. But I think the true inspiration is to, to listen to other people, to respect other people, and to be, you know, realizing that at the end, it doesn't really matter. What matters is you being happy and fulfilled and safe and secure. Um, like Melissa has a three F, uh, which is what I'm trying to say is like <laughs> in a big scheme of things, what really does matter, what does matter to you. Um, and you will realize that half of the thing you're worrying about <laughs> So you should worry more about uncovering you. You should worry more about taking care, recharging you. Um, this is this is, and then reconnecting to your purpose. I want that to say to say to everyone here: we all come here on Earth to fulfill our purpose, and we spend a lot of time going and look at different things. But if we take that energy to fulfill that unique purpose we were blessed with. Imagine. <laughs> yep. Um, at the beginning of the year, my oldest son and I got matching tattoos. Okay. And we got a phoenix. Um, mine is blue and purple. Yes. And his is pure black. And when we got the phoenix, it was because him and I both went through, even, even at his young age of 20, we both went through quite the transformations very young. And so the Phoenix really represented it itself. And over the last six months, I have rebranded my identity coaching company to be called a Phoenix identity. And it's because you look at a Phoenix. What does a Phoenix do? It's mythological, but what does it do? If it doesn't like its life anymore, it dies. At it will burn itself to the ground. <laughs> it will that, in a dramatic fashion, because I was always thinking, could it not just lie down and just, you no, know, just no, no, it has to be dramatic. So he, he, 
the exit is always fashionable. That's what I wanted to, to say. You exit in a fashion. Yeah. yeah. Not not dulling, not just uh, yeah, no. Nope. Make sure your exit is grab. That's basically. Yep. So, but what a phoenix does, like I said, it just poof, it burns itself to the ground. It's I don't like this anymore. <laughs> and then what it does is, and this is the powerful part. A phoenix reclaims its identity. It doesn't change who it is. It changes, it changes its circumstances. By burning itself to the ground, it's taken away everything that's no longer serving it. And when it reclaims its identity and says, I'm still a phoenix and I'm badass, and it recreates its life in its own image. I have a powerful quote that has been inspiring me for a while. It's by um, a lady called Caroline Wonga, and she's fantastic. If you don't know her, she's the CEO of Essence Magazine. She said, if you do not, who you are is who you are, and it's non-negotiable. If you do not like where you are, change where you are and not who you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm adding that you don't have to burn yourself to the ground like the phoenix. Reinvent yourself in a less dramatic fashion than the phoenix. I like the dramatic. But the, many, the, the message is the same. Yep. How Do many not, of us, right? You think about it. If you could, and, and this is what brought me to the phoenix thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you could take a garbage bag of all the junk that you no longer want to deal with, and you could throw it in a dumpster and light it on fire. How empowering does that feel? With the rock music playing in the background? Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, right? Just, just take that garbage bag, throw it in a bin and be like, poof, gone, right? Obviously, there's more work to it than that. I know that I teach my clients that we do need to go back and say, hey, I don't like this anymore. How can we change it, right? We can change absolutely everything except our identity. The thing that we do change, though, is how we express ourselves. That's why it's dramatic, because you and I could be sitting here. I could be full of makeup because I never wear makeup, but I, I, I might. I, I've been thinking about it lately. But um, if I decided to wear a full head of makeup and I wanted to express myself that way, great. Great. Right. But as long as you're being, you're express, you're expressing, right? As moms, we don't express ourselves that way. As wives, as working mothers, we don't express ourselves the way that we feel inside. So a little bit dramatic flair, get your nails done, get your hair done, change your hair color, whatever. Yeah, whatever that looks like for you, do it. Whatever, whatever makes you feel good in your self-expression, do it. Because that mm-hmm. is little ways to reconnect to yourself absolutely it, it, it doesn't have to be dramatic it, but i get the point it could be a little thing and recently my nail polish is green i never did green before but i felt why not and then yeah. and then and i went for green so it could be a little subtle change but you will notice that the way you walk you talk the way you show show up um could be influenced by by those tiny little changes Right. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Gladys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm now going to go and figure out how I can incorporate Phoenix 
lifestyle in my life today. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. All right, just a family. If any of you would like to connect with myself or Gladys, you can do so. Links in the description of this episode. Uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or you want to connect with us. Uh, if you want to be a guest speaker on the show or if you want to see a topic featured on the show, please reach out to justalivetv.com. Join our newsletter. Um, go follow my my TikTok for my three Fs. Yes. That's going to be TikTok, funny. The TikTok. That's the one. <laughs> Join my TikTok, Melissa Crutchler. Um, Like and follow and share the show. The more love, the merrier. Uh, and make sure that you are living your best life. It is okay to be wherever it is that you are. Just remember that you need to be where you are to be happy. So lots of love, just a family. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, depending on when or where you're watching. I'm Melissa Crutchler, your host. I will see you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>